Welcome to Crossroads and Cauldrons. We are three witches with jobs, families, and busy lives just like you. We talk about weaving the web of community, practicing magic, and life in the Deep South. Hey everybody, this is Crossroads and Cauldrons, and I am Selena. And I'm Luna. And today is August 5th. We have a uh, sun in Leo and the moon in Libra. And I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about today. I have no idea, but Aoife is not with us today. I know. She took off. She says, no, don't want y'all. See ya. No. No, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. She loves us. She got a lot going on. I am ready for all three of us to be back. I am too. It's episode. been a while. It's been a crazy summer. Maybe I'm going to take the next episode off. Okay. You didn't have to say it like you I'll wouldn't. I'll be here all by myself. <laughs> don't do that to me. No, she'll come back, and then you guys will have one, and then. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Anyway, um, I think we're going to just talk about my trip to Mystic South. I know you you've do been that? on the road, girl, a lot. I know. She's been like a traveling gypsy. I have. I've been traveling <laughs> all over this summer. Went on a family vacation, finally. We mm-hmm. haven't had one in... A number of years. So that was really nice. Mm-hmm. And we also had no internet while we were there. Oh, so nice was to unplug. Even nicer. It was nice for my husband to unplug. Oh, I bet. And my children. Mm-hmm. We had to like talk to each other. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. I can tell from your expression. We had to talk to each other. We did. Yeah. It was exciting for me. They were like confused. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And then I got back and I was only back for a few days before I got in the car and drove to Atlanta I know. for Mystic South. And I was, you know, I was really planning on having like lots of fun pictures and, you know, I'm like the queen of Instagram. <laughs> so I was going to have lots of like posts and fun stuff. And I just didn't. I was like, here's my face in front of right? a tree. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Look at all these rings I bought. Look I at saw the, that. Now that I was excited about that. <laughs> um, my rings are beautiful. She I, got some really good deals, I y'all. Know. That's why she was showing them all. Look, and they're gorgeous. I, they I, are beautiful. I was going to bring the cards of the gal that made them and then tell her name, but I didn't. Well, we'll have to put it up on the website. We'll have to put it up yeah. in the description. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll do that because I can't remember. All right. Well, we'll have to say. take a picture of your rings and put them up there. You know what else I was going to do hmm. that I did not do? What'd you do? I was going to get some little interviews with people, but I, I didn't. Know. But it's okay because the Desperate House Witches were there and they did all live recording with like all the presenters. So if you listen to the Desperate House Witches, I need check to it check out. them out. I yeah. have never heard of them. Yeah. And um, if you don't listen to them, also check it out anyway. Because there okay. was a lot of really good presenters. Cool. Um, so Mystic South. This is a pagan convention. That's mm-hmm. I think this was the third year. This is the first year I've been. Right. Um, but my friend who lives in Atlanta, he's been every year. And uh, I think this was the third year. He will probably correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> um, which is good. I need that. Um, but it was really great. I was, uh, I was impressed with... With the presentations, mm-hmm. um, I would have liked maybe an established lunch break. <laughs> we kind of did short uh, short sessions. They were only like an hour each. So you get there in the first sessions at like 8 o'clock in the morning, and um, it's an hour, and then you have 30 minutes between each one. Wow. That sounds nice, but you just didn't really have time to eat or do anything. Yeah, and it's not a lot. You know, I had trail mix in my bag and stuff like that but it just doesn't last very long and then the sessions were short so it just felt like 
the presenters were having to go at lightning speed and mm-hmm. you were just your brain was so saturated by the end of the day but um but the presentations were excellent and i'm excited that we have something like this you know i know we have um hexfest in new orleans mm-hmm. and there's a few other things around but this was a really good convention and I, i'm i'm excited to see it grow and develop and uh i hope to be back next year that would be cool. Um, Maybe I can go with you come next year. Come with me next year. I'm kind of on baby watch right now, remember? I can't I take off too far. Yeah. That's exciting. We're getting close. Yeah. So weeks. when's the due date? I don't know how much due you Due date share. is Labor Day, September 2nd. Labor Day. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's going to be a joke forever. That probably pisses her off. <laughs> at this point, well, what doesn't? <laughs> at this point, I don't think she's going to make it to... To so, September 2nd. Yeah. I really don't. I think she's going to be uh, a couple of weeks before that, if not a few more. All right. So she can either give birth to a Leo or a Virgo. Choose wisely. Okay. You want that Virgo baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Don't we'll see. don't rush it. Don't rush it. I'm not rushing I'm nothing. I just know how uncomfortable she is right now. Poor baby. I know. It's awful, especially this time of year. Yeah, I, eight months pregnant in August is not fun. No. <laughs> my June baby was enough for me yeah. with summer heat. I my, carried my son through September 25th, and oh, my God, that eh. was a rough summer. Eh. Eh. Well, good luck, yeah. you know, future grandbaby. Yeah. Um, but she'll be earthside soon. That'll be awesome. All right, so let's talk about Mystic South. So okay. we got there, got settled in. Um, the first session, we were going to go see Evo Dominguez, but oh, who, by the way, is fantastic. If you haven't read his books, just read them all. Um, his He was, there was lots of travel issues. Like his flight was delayed, so they oh, moved no. his session to later. So the first one we went to, um, we went to see Byron Ballard. And I can't find her little her description of what she was talking about on the list here. Um, but it was really interesting, and she was talking about um, mapping out uh, one, some of the things that stuck with me. I'm not going to obviously tell you her whole spiel, but one, the, a couple of things that she said that really stuck with me. She said um, she was talking about using your land, you know, as um, a, a, allying yourself with your town, This particularly mm-hmm. for people who live in cities and things like that, like mm-hmm. finding finding um your spiritual practice in everything mm-hmm. you know because cities and skyscrapers and all of that carry energy as well right. um but one thing she talked about was like mapping out your land and your city and finding your places of power within your city and like finding the shape of your city and you know sort of scrying your town and um using that as and part of your magic and part of your work with the sacred land and i was like that's brilliant. That's why yeah. have I never thought of that before? Right. Um, so that was one of the big things. And another thing she she said that really, really, really struck a nerve. Um, you know, she was talking about how kind of we we feel helpless because there's so many things that we want to do and people that we want to help and things that are way outside of our grasp that we want to help with. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just feel we feel like we can't do anything. Right. But. Um, but, you know, there are things that you can do it, on your doorstep that you can help with. You know, mm-hmm. there are children in your town that you can help with. There mm-hmm. are people struggling in your town. There are animals that need help in your town. You mm-hmm. know, S- stop, you know, fretting because you can't seem to help the big problems on the world stage. But you can. Mm-hmm. And those and, and you can do that 
by evolving your own area, working right. with your own town and, you know, the people in it. Um, and little by little, if we're all doing that, then that, that kind of solves the problems overall, doesn't it? Right. Well, it's like, how do you eat an elephant? One little bite at a time. So it works about the same Exactly, and yeah. what a what a horrible image you just put. I'm in. sorry. You know, it's been a while, but I forgot that you do that. <laughs> Skinning I'm cats, sorry. eating elephants. Oh I oh, shut up! I forgot about the. <laughs> but forgot yeah. about the cat thing. Now you're giving me a complex. Stop oh, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't. I, I can't give you one, but please don't take one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was, you know, empowering in a lot of ways because we do feel helpless and overwhelmed, you know, by a lot of things that we can't change in the world or feel like we can't change. But there are things we can. Right. So focus your energy there. Right. You know, especially as witches, like we should be connected to our town and our land and our area and our people, you know, beyond just the witchcraft community. Right. You know, the people that live in our town, our neighbors. So another one that I really enjoyed was um, Joe Graham. And she is a, a fantasy writer, which I've got to read her books. I haven't, I, I feel like a jerk because I've never heard of her before, but I heard of her now. Well, and, that's why you um, go to things that's like why that. I used to, to hear things. about new things, yeah. That's right. And she's apparently, she's been writing for like a, a thousand years or a long time, many years. Wow. I did not she's, do my research tonight. Um, so she's ancient. No. <laughs> no. See, I want her to come on the show. You're going to scare her away. No, don't get scared. Yeah, <laughs> we're just we're just playing. Um, but she did a workshop on the great year. And this is different from the astrological great year, mm-hmm. um, which is usually referencing an age of uh, human humanity, mankind. Mm-hmm. Um but this was um, talking about an 80-year span, and I'm going to screw it up if I try to talk about it. But um, it's basically there's 80-year spans of time that um, encompass a season. There's a spring, a fall, a winter. Missed one summer is mm-hmm. in there in order. Um, <laughs> and basically when you are born determines what season – of that great year you were born into. Okay. Okay. So, um, and it starts with big turning points in human history. So the, the most recent one, the one we're in right now would have started with the end of world war two. Hmm. Okay. okay. And so the people that were born during the generation following that, mm-hmm. uh, were spring, you know, were spring people. So that's the kind of world they were growing up in. And then, the next 20 years after that would be um, summer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 20 more years would be fall, right? Mm-hmm. That's when I would have been born. The um, the millennials would have been in that generation. And I, like, barely squeeze in to that. But <laughs> that's where I am. So. Right. Um, and then the last one would be the winters. So all the babies born after, like, 2000, I think. I don't know. When does the... Hmm. No, 2010? would have been, um, we're in winter. So that's sort of the world that they're growing up in. Okay. And um, the the way they play out, um, the work of their generation is telling based on when they were born and the way they perceive the world. And if you take that model and go back to the previous 80 years and look at it, how, how history has unfolded, you can keep going back and going back and looking at... Um, 
you know, think about spring, you know, things are new, things mm-hmm. are growing, things are right. developing. And summer, you know, you've got everything is blooming, everything is full, everything is rich. And then fall, you start that decline. Mm-hmm. And winter, you know, people that are born in a winter season of that great year um, are experiencing, you know, they're coming into the world that's that's lost, you mm-hmm. know, and that's scary and that's... Mm-hmm. Uh, upheaval and discordance everywhere and that's the kind of mindset they have mm-hmm. you know um and it affects what they do in the world huh. so if you look back all throughout history you see this pattern repeating and it kind of you know it's fascinating and to hear it her really talk is. about it, i want her to come on the show okay and, and um and talk to us about this because i'm butchering it but um <laughs> it's really interesting to see that and and sort of my takeaway from it was um, that there's hope because you sort of start feeling that despair because we're in a winter season right now. Yeah. And you're feeling like there's nothing you can do and the world's about to come to an end. But, you know, throughout history, humanity has always been at this mm-hmm. place where they feel like it's the end of the world. Right. Um, You know, and then some sort of major thing occurs and then we shift into it another spring cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I've I mean, seen it happen, yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's really interesting. And I loved... um the way that she presented that. That's a um, really cool way of thinking about it. And I don't know if she has a book out yet on that uh, or maybe coming out. I should, I should, I'm going to get my little phone out right now. <laughs> I'm going to tap on it. Yeah, this is it. I found it. Yay. I didn't find it. He found it. He who will not be named found it. <laughs> um, it's called The Great Wheel and it's not out yet, but you can pre-order it and I want her to come on the show and talk about it. So I'm going to try to find her. And reach out to her. Uh, but it was really, really like kind of one of those mind-blowing moments for me. I was like, whoa. Um, but it gives you, it kind of reframes everything. Um, because we do everything in cycles. You know, everything that, we recognize that there are cycles. That nothing yeah. is is linear in the way we perceive it. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, every time humanity has felt like, oh, well, this is the end of the world. You know, it cycles back around. So, right. that was a nice takeaway for me. Oh, when we when we do ritual, I mean, we're turning the wheel. Right, it's a wheel. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a cycle. Yeah. And, um, so that was nice to experience. But listening to those historical moments and, yeah. and looking at the patterns, it was like, oh shit, she's right. This I know. Awesome. <laughs> um, so it's pretty cool. Um, I also went to Cindy's workshop, keeping her keys. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. And look, she blew in and had like issues with her her flight, or flight was delayed. Several people were having issues, and I don't know that she had gotten any sleep or food, That's and so still did her um, workshop, and it was mm-hmm. fantastic. And oh, I loved great. it. But she talked all about that here, so it was on keeping her keys. So it was right. about her. Yeah. Um, I went to Jason's. Um, he he had like three three workshops. I went to one of them. Jason. I went, Jason Mankey. Ah. He was. Oh, you you weren't there. I okay, was well, not. You were not there. But I'm I sure you listened it. to the episode. I did. <laughs> um, he did. What's so great about the Great Right, which is about his most recent book, which we talked about on um, when he was here on the on the show. But it was really great, and I love listening to to him present because he's got. He's just very laid back, and he's he's funny, and pretty much what you hear on the podcast is just how he is all the time. Um, so, well, you know, all the time that I've been around him, which has been when he's presenting. So, right. uh, but he's just very laid back and finds the humor in things, and you know, 
I like that because mm-hmm. we can get really serious about ourselves sometimes. Right. Um, oh, oh, there was a great, great um, workshop on the Kabbalah from a shamanic point of view, which is great because that's kind of how we do it in the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, what's it called? It's called uh, Lifting the Veil with Shamanic Kabbalah. Um, and the way we study in the Temple of Witchcraft, which is my tradition, mm-hmm. um, we study shamanism and that core shamanic practices first, and then we study um, the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, the Hermetic Kabbalah. So for me, it wasn't, um, you know, that eye-opening because right. it, it was an approach that I'm that I'm used to, but journeying um, the spheres and journeying the Tree of Life, you know, through shamanic ch- techniques mm-hmm. was... Um, is really interesting, and I was excited to see that other people are doing that as well. Um, what was his name? I'll tell you who who did that workshop. That was Daniel Moeller, and he was wonderful to listen to. I want to get him on the show too. There was one. Uh, it was called "Scrying in the Wool," the uh, the misrepresentation on spinning and weaving in literature. Um, and well, the, of course, you would love that. Of course, right? Um, if our listeners don't know, I'm a spinner and a weaver, and um, I was so excited, and the gal brought her um, a couple of different spinning wheels and a couple of different looms, and I was just, like, over the moon. And then she brought little drop spindles for everybody. Um, so it was great. Now, we didn't actually do any scrying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's fine. Um, and she was talking about a lot of... Um, she comes from a, a teaching background. I think she's a literature or English teacher. Oh. Um, and she was talking about um, the various different s- spinner and weaver goddesses in history and sort of how they were displaced and their power was sort of taken away from them in the mythology. Yeah. Um, and they were made into, you know, creatures that were evil and deceitful and all of those things. So it was really interesting hearing... Um, sort of her perspective on on basically how the patriarchy <laughs> right. destroyed um, <laughs> these, uh, took away the power from these spinner and weaver goddesses. Um, Interesting, so though. It was really fascinating. And then she let everybody, like, use her spinning wheel and um, try out different drop spindles and stuff. So it was really cool. It was a, it was a really interesting workshop, and I'd love to see more of that stuff. Um, I'm actually working on a workshop that I want to present for Temple Fest. Um, but I don't have it all together yet. I've been working on it for like two years. But I think um, crippling insecurity is really what's holding me back from <laughs> actually putting that um, that uh, request in. So maybe, maybe since it's out in the ethers now, I'll stop being a baby yeah. about it. Um, you need to build up your confidence and get out there and just girl, do it. It's just presenting. But, you know, I'll, it'll be easier next year. It'll be easier next year. I don't like presenting my own stuff because... You know, I feel like it's garbage, but it whatever. Not. Um, it's a process. It's a process. <laughs> uh, it's part of my creative process. I have to hate it for a while before I can love it again. I got you. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of presenters out there that would agree with you that they go through the same thing. Absolutely. I'm, I think all of us do, and I think mm-hmm. we have this sort of imposter syndrome. Actually, that kind of rolls around to the next workshop I went to, mm-hmm. which was actually the most profound one the whole time for me. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be like talking a little bit about myself and if I cry, just deal with it. Okay. You know, thank yeah. you. Um, tissue. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're the best. <laughs> um, so uh, there was a fella there. Oh, I didn't tell the girl's name who did scrying in the wool. Yeah. Okay. So the speaker, 
the the presenter's name S E K H T I Secti Secti I can't pronounce Secti, it. Secti baby. Nice try. I think you probably did it. <laughs> I don't know, but she was great. Um, and if I can find some links to her work, then I will yeah we'll add those to the yeah. thing. Um, but the 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 one that gave me like the most to think about mm-hmm. um, was actually uh, a an artist. Um, he does. I'm gonna use my finger quotes and say fantasy art, but he appears at um, comic conventions and things like that. Is okay. is usually where he's you know selling his art. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kept saying that this was his first pagan festival, um, and. His first of all, his work is fucking incredible, um, but he didn't really know what to expect, you know. And he said that it was really different because everybody knew the lore. Mm-hmm. He does um, Norse mythology. He he converts oh, cool. um, Norse poetry. There's like two books. I'm not I'm not super familiar with Norse mythology. Like I know the basics, but I'm not mm-hmm. deeply involved. Um, right. So I'm not going to attempt to. Um, recount everything but um the the there's two works of poetry um that he works with uh and he's like doing a a a piece for every line in the books and and he's like illustrated them um i really want him on the show so i'm not gonna tell everything also i i can't remember (laughs) um but he um he said he was most surprised that people knew what the, the they knew the actual myths rather than the comic book versions oh, wow. okay. of things. Um, yeah. So he didn't have to, you know, sort of explain anything. He didn't have to teach all that much about it. Right. Gotcha. And, and um, his practice is Astro, I believe. So he's um, practices North myth- mythology. And mm-hmm. it's, I keep saying Norse and it sounds like North. <laughs> so sorry about it. With an S, North. <laughs> Norse. Um, but you know, so, so his practice of creating these pieces involves, you know, meditating, reading, reading the, the line that he's working on, Mm -hmm. uh, meditating on that, um, you know, and then he was describing his, uh, his various processes for, you know, sort of scrying using ink blots and things like that to find the image that he's looking for and, and then sort of where it goes from there. Hmm. So it was interesting watching his process and listening to that. But I think the most interesting part for me um, was just sort of listening to him describe what what art means, you right. know. And, and for a creative person like myself, it was... It, I started crying, like, in the middle of the thing. And I was Why? like, oh, my God, I'm that girl. Just <laughs> crying. I don't have any tissues. So <laughs> I have sleeves. It's fine. Um, because it it really made me realize that I have not been doing my artwork mm-hmm. for the past. Outside of things that were required for school. Right. Um, I haven't done anything since you know, for, for about a year and a half that was just for me or for my, you know, for my own practice because it's part of my, it's part of my witchcraft. Mm -hmm. It's part of my practice. And I haven't been doing that part. And I, I, you know, I used to practice every day and then I'd 
I didn't because I've been busy and I can tell myself all the excuses and, mm-hmm. you know, they're not invalid. No. But I didn't realize how important that was for my soul. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I started crying in the middle of a damn session that I recognized, oh, shit, this is important. Right. Um. So it was really an awakening moment for me just listening to him talk through his process and some of the things that he experienced on his soul journey of of bringing these pieces to life um and it was really beautiful and i want him to come on the show um but but um i went to talk to him afterwards because i just had to tell him that you know it was the most moving um workshop that i had been to the whole time um so i just wanted him to know that and um and I walked up to him, and he said, hi. And I started crying. And I was like, oh, no. shit. Um, <laughs> I thought I had gotten it together. Um, and he was like, "He was like, are you an artist? And I said, yes. And he said, have you stopped doing your art? And then I was just like, snot bubbles yes. everywhere. It was horrible. <laughs> and, but um, he understood. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is not the first time yeah. that you've had the sniveling uh, person <laughs> come and approach you. And he was like, no. He was like, it's so important. Do it. Do your art. You know, do it. It's important. And it is. And um, I was just weepy as fuck the rest of that whole day. Um, <laughs> I was unbearable to be around. Aww. But... It was it was something that I'd like to do a whole show around that because just in my personal work, recognizing that that's part of your spirit, like that's part of what, I don't know, I almost feel like art comes through you, like you're mm-hmm. a conduit for it more so than, because I don't feel like, I don't feel like what I create comes out of my head. I, um, I feel like it sort of stalks me for a mm-hmm. long time and then after it percolates for quite a while, it'll come through or it'll just get worse and worse and worse. And I get more stressed out until I do the thing. Right. And then once the thing is done, you know, I have the, that piece. So mm-hmm. I feel like artists are a little bit crazy. Yeah. Um, like we probably need a lot of medication mm-hmm. really, but, um, I don't, I'm an artist too. I don't need that much medication. I'm going to just remain silent. <laughs> um, oh. Not about you, about myself. Oh, okay. No, you're fine. You handle it beautifully. <laughs> well, can I share a short story real quick? I would love for you to share. Okay. Share. You're talking about being an artist. I'm an artist, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, I went with a couple of friends to a little paint shop, mm-hmm. and we did the moon in phases. Yeah. And that was so much fun. And I realized while we were, not until we were done, that I have not painted in over eight years, not on canvas. Or actually, I mean, I've done yard art and things like that, you know, taking broken things and turn them into th- that kind of stuff. But to actually put anything on canvas has been over eight years. Wow. Blew me away. My husband, whom I've been married to for a little over eight years, he thought I was for lack of a better word, full of crap. When I sent him the picture, said, look what I did. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, he right. You just like, he said, he looked at it and he was like, yeah, right. She just saw that on the wall somewhere and took a picture and took claim to it. But then Where do you realized, think your daughter gets it from? <laughs> huh? And then he realized my initials in the year are on the bottom of this oh, picture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So when he told me that, I was just like, broke my heart. I was like, really? And he said, well, you haven't, painted anything you've talked about it you've bought brushes and paint and pens and pencils and you've 
you've got all the supplies to do it. You have a craft room full of stuff in there. I've never seen you not once paint anything on canvas. And I just, so I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to have to break this stuff out and start doing it again. So I completely understand where you're coming from with that because I, it really woke me up to that. And then you're talking about how we kind of channel yeah. that that artwork, that energy. And that's very true because anytime I've ever put anything on canvas, uh, except for this little moon phases thing that we did, which was really a lot of fun. If you've never done one of these little paint places, please go try it. It's a lot of fun. Um, but anytime I've ever put anything on canvas, I never go in there with an intention of what I'm going to paint. I just start. And it's almost like I'm not in control of it. It mm -hmm. has an energy of its own, and that's what comes forth on the canvas. So when you said that, that just really hit a nerve with me, and I wanted to share that. Well, so I completely you. understand what you're talking about. You know, there was um, part of our schooling in the Temple of Witchcraft is you're going to touch on, like, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So so part of our work last year was um, we had to create a, a piece of art you know, for, we were studying, you know, Leo, the artisan, you know, archetype. So a lot of my, um, classmates were kind of freaking out about it. You know, they were not excited about that one. That one's the one I was like, yes, <laughs> so excited about this one. So, um, but it was during the course of that and sort of, you know, I had this time limit, mm -hmm. um, and just meditating with that, that archetype of, the artisan and the artist spirits and the creator gods and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually taken to a room. This is in journey, obviously. Right. Um, and I sort of met the spirits of the various things that I had created. And it mm. was, it was interesting because they didn't necessarily look the same way they look, uh, they looked when I made them. Um, some of them had sort of evolved, on their own. And it was really interesting to think about, um, because, you know, everything has a, a spirit, everything mm -hmm. has a vibration. Um, but artwork like that, it seems to have a consciousness of its own. And, you know, I have to wonder at what point does that happen in the creative process? Like, does it come from, the artist, the person that's creating it, does it happen once it's created? Does it start on the in the spirit realm and then sort of come through? That's the mm -hmm. way it feels, you know, to me is that there's already this this spirit, this entity, this thing created in the astral somewhere mm -hmm. and it finds an open channel. It finds a person that's a creative, somebody that's vibrating at the right frequency right. for it to come through and then it passes through in that way mm -hmm. um and then it's made material this is this is exactly how magic works right this is how witchcraft works mm -hmm. you know this is how creation works so and when you're doing art you are the creator you are yeah you're facilitating that mm -hmm. that creation manifesting in the physical and it's fucking amazing because it really is it's I don't know. I've got chill bumps all over. Uh, yeah. It's it's a if if you feel like you're not creative, I I hear people all the time that are just like, Oh, I'm not creative. I can't do that. And it's like, I bet you are. Especially if you're a witch. You're creative somewhere. You manifest with your will 
things right. into reality. Like, <laughs> yes, you're creative. That's your whole that's your whole thing. Right. So, you know, find find that outlet. You know, mm-hmm. I'm um I'm in awe of people that can write. Like I, I don't know if anybody out there in the wide world has noticed. I'm not with the words mm-hmm. um very much. I don't know how to make them word, but um people that do just absolutely astound it's amazing me. it's it it's really amazing is. how people can um i'm reading a book right now um that was actually recommended it's an audio book so i'm listening to it um circe by margaret someone gosh i really need to <laughs> not suck with my note taking tonight but we have a handy sound guy who's looking it up for me uh-huh. um but it's fantastic and just listening to the shape of the words and the imagery is, um, I'm just in awe. I'm just listening. I listen and, um, it's just breathtaking. The, the, the visual images and the feelings that are stirred Mm -hmm. by, by people that word things. Well, the cool thing about it is writing is painting with words. It's what I've always called it because you're sitting there and you're developing these images in your mind. Now, of course they're being, place there but everyone sees them differently which is what's really cool about the written word um but yeah to me it's just it's it's painting with words it's the easiest way to describe it it's incredible and you know who can write things hmm. Eva. you know who's not here Eva. Eva. <laughs> we miss you girl i didn't know she could write she can she's super talented she's also artistic as well i really wish she was here because feel like she'd have a lot to say she probably um, would but you know she always got a lot to say <laughs> unless she's not here she's, i'm mad about it i am it's okay not really i'm not we mad love you, Aoife. i just miss her we just miss you um but anyway so yeah that was the most moving um workshop for me was that one that was you know i don't know that he set out with that sort of intention because he he said that he's usually um speaking to people who are looking to develop a career, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the fantasy comic art genre. Right. Um, and so he's more talking about the business and how to get clients and those sorts of things. So yeah. for him to speak about his art from that creative process to pagans who mm-hmm. understand the mythology and right. what that means and, and you know, what, what his imagery represents, um, you know, on the soul journey. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if it was moving for him, but it was fucking moving as hell for me. And I really <laughs> want him to come on the show. And his name is Samuel Flegel. Okay. I think it's an, a long E like that. It might be Flegel. That sounds awful. <laughs> I hope that's not it. Because if it is, I just said it sounded awful. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So I, I was encouraging him to to do more pagan festivals. Mostly so I could, you know, go to more workshops. But whatever. That would be cool. Yeah, right? I, t- I told him to come to Temple Fest. We'll see what happens. That would be great. Hopefully he'll be there. Uh, you know, and he'll be there when I'm presenting also. <laughs> He's going to think I'm a stalker. Why? I might be. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was very moving and um, and brought up something that's been coming up for me a lot, kind of a lot lately. I've mm-hmm. had a lot of... Um, sort of opportunities to create art Mm -hmm. come knocking at my door and I've been turning them away, um, for a while and they just keep, they keep coming and it's kind of coming to a head. And, uh, I got asked a few weeks ago, uh, 
a few weeks, probably been a couple of months now. I don't know. I can't tell time. Um, to do some some graphic work for um for a project and um and my first instinct was no, I can't. I'm not mm-hmm. you don't want me. Um so since that was how I was feeling, I decided that I should say yes. And, so you said and yes? I did say yes. And then I had a <laughs> panic attack, but it was in text, so they didn't know. Um <laughs> and then I've worked on it a, a little bit and you know, I'm just pushing through that fear. And I, I look back at things that I used to do and things that my work from years ago and things that I've sewn and made and mm-hmm. painted. I, you know, I do all sorts of things. Um, and I'm just like, damn, I can do things. Why did I, What at what point did I stop doing them or did I feel like, I guess I always felt like it wasn't good enough because I thought it was garbage at the time. <laughs> I think that's a perpetual state of always feeling like your work is garbage. Oh, you're not giving yourself enough credit. I, I think that's part of the process. Honestly, if I thought, if I, if I made something, I was like, this is perfect. Would I ever feel that urge to keep going? I don't know. It kind of drives you to do better and to do better and yeah, to learn that's more. that's true too. So, like I said, I think artists are a little bit crazy. <laughs> Have you ever made something and you were like, this is fucking perfect. This is exactly what I no, want it to be. No, never. No. <laughs> but nothing I ever make turns out exactly what I think it's going to be anyway because usually it turns it out better. It changes. Yeah, it cha- absolutely. Yeah. If you're open to what comes through, right? then yeah, you're going to end up with something better than you originally thought. Right. But I want you to think about something. You said that oh, everything man. you create is garbage or you used I to think, think that I think way. That, I think that at the time. When I look back at it later, yeah. I can see that it was good. Okay, we'll start doing this and I've been doing this okay. for a while and it's worked for me and I'm telling everybody else to do it too. If you wouldn't say it to your five-year-old child, don't oh, say shit. it to yourself. Look, some of that stuff they make is not pretty. It is not. <laughs> but it has heart and soul oh, and know. life to it and you leave it alone and they did it. <laughs> Because they love you. I would never tell them that. No. You know, that's true, but I'm, I don't know. I'm one of those people that would rather have just like, I, I can handle that it's not great. Like, I can deal with that. Um, I would rather somebody be like, this is garbage. This needs to be changed. And I'd be like, okay, okay. Because it's going to grow me, you know, as, a, as an artist. Mm-hmm. That's going to give me greater depth. But I get that not everybody is like that. <laughs> um, and I don't beat myself up. It usually, it's not like, I'm like, oh, this is garbage. I'll never paint again. I'm usually just like, all right, this is garbage. What can you change? What can you, why, why is it garbage to you? Mm-hmm. What, what do you want to do differently? And right. then I try something different next time. And okay. I think that's garbage too. And I keep going. But like I said, probably. <laughs> that's how you grow. Probably, that's how I grow. Yeah. Um, but my mother was a bit of a perfectionist. Oh. So that's probably, there's probably like layers of shadow work that I need to do there. <laughs> um. But, you know, her stuff is good, so I don't know what to say about it other than that. (laughs) She doesn't think so either. (laughs) Well, that's just it. Just because you don't think it's good doesn't mean that other people won't think it is. Exactly. That's kind of one of the conversations I was having um, with Sam as well, is he was was telling me that... um, God, and I'll never remember who it was now. My brain, I need sleep and coffee <laughs> at the same time. Um, some, we'll just set some, you up with an artist who was fantastic, <laughs> um, you know, was basically saying the same thing. You know, he had had a lifelong career and made lots of money and was extremely sought after for his artwork. And yeah. he was like, one day I'm going to make something that's good, you know. <laughs> so yeah. we just kind of feel that way. Yeah. 
But don't feel, but do your art anyway is what I took away from that. Do it anyway. That's it. You need it. You need it for your soul. You really do. It's therapy. It really is. It's, it's, yeah. It's it, it, at, at the very minimum, it's therapy. You know, it's like deep soul healing mm-hmm. or at least revealing, you know, right. it's a way of sort of seeing what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I found some of my journals from my, um, Third year in the Temple of Witchcraft. Oh, wow. Girl. <laughs> How <laughs> messed up were you? Well, uh, I decided to do a lot of art journaling that year. Well, that's cool. Oh, man. It was our shadow. It was the year we were doing our shamanic studies and shadow work. And Oh, my God. It was so melodramatic. I can't even. <laughs> I cannot. It was like it was like I was a teenager mm-hmm. reading back through, you know, if you've ever read over your journals from when you were a teenager oh God, and you're yeah. like, oh, my God, how did you survive to adulthood? Mm-hmm. That's what it was like. <laughs> but um, it was kind of interesting to look back at that that time. And, you know, at the at the moment, it really felt, you know, everything felt so dire. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what y'all were focusing on too. Yeah, though, weren't you? it was all shadow, shadow work. work. Yeah. yeah, it was all all. Um, yeah, brings up all the dark, greasy stuff. That it did. Surface. And now I look at it, and I'm like, oh, you were such a baby. I don't baby. know why I'm calling it greasy, but that's maybe the word yours that is came greasy. out of my mouth. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Mm. It's your shadow, I guess. You're the one who has to touch it's it. It's sticky. So. Is it sticky? <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> Got like an oily film on it or something. Ooh, I don't know. Blech. I'm not going there. <laughs> oh, you will. Just <laughs> Anyway, so Anywho. yeah, I had a really good time. Um, I'm trying to remember. Oh, Evo did did um a workshop. Oh, oh, it was about uh creating sacred space and okay. um the different types of containers you can use. He's got a book. Our our guy's looking it up for me right now. Um. And uh, it's it, it was really interesting because I don't know that, you know, when you're talking about casting circle and creating sacred space and everything, mm-hmm. you know, you cast that, that sphere and everything is sort of worked within that sphere. But he was just talking about the different shapes of the container that you can create. Um, and I think I've done that on small scale, but not necessarily in a ritual setting mm-hmm. or a group setting, but more for like servitors and, and um, spell work, spell workings and things mm-hmm. like that. Um but it was interesting thinking about the shape of the container and the way that the um, that that affects the energy and the way it moves. And he gave mm. a lot of different examples, including one that was a lens, which you know, like a like the lens of a glasses yeah. that like refracts the energy mm-hmm. in different ways. It was super interesting. Um, so I've got to get that book. It's called Casting Sacred Space, but it was awesome. And hey, I've read you got his a picture um, with practical him too. astrology. I sure do. He's a wonderful guy. Um, I, the first time I met him was several years ago, several, like four years ago at Temple Fest. Uh, he was doing a workshop on the signs, the 12 signs. He's an astrologer. And um, he did that workshop here again also, but I had already seen it, so I went to a different one. Um, he's fantastic. Re- read his books. He's also really just really nice guy, very intuitive, easy to talk to. I'm tired. It's been a I long. It's been a long week. We're getting ready for uh, Lunasad and um, classes this weekend, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of an energy drain, you know. And yeah. I don't think I'm fully recovered from Mystic South. Um, if you ever go, if you haven't been to um, sort of a pagan festival, 
Um, especially if you're going to be doing a lot of workshops and study and learning and you're kind of cramming a lot of information in a very short period of time. And, uh, if you're, if you're lucky, you're probably doing a lot of rituals and, um, drum circles and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff that just requires a lot of energy. Um, so, you know, do all your protection work before you go just to keep your energy balanced and, um, it's going it, to, it can drain you a bit afterward. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I, t- I take a little while to recover, not just from being over peopled, but. Right, just you know, information overload. Information and energetic, mm-hmm. you know, when you're around a whole bunch yeah. of magical people, especially from a bunch of different paths. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have that experience as much with Temple Fest. I think there's probably more breaks and things. Right. But we're also all. Not all, but mostly, you know, Temple of Witchcraft. So we're sort of, you know, in a similar current. Right. Um, and it's not as draining. But especially if you're going to one that's a, a different from your normal mm-hmm. tradition or, or just a mix, you know. Right. Oh, 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 I went to Thorn Mooney's um, workshop uh, about uh, magical journaling. You know, like your Book of Shadows and your journal and all your various different writings and things like that. It was really, really nice. And we got to, like, peek through some of her journals. So she's great. She's a blogger on Patheos. You should check her out. She also has a book, a couple of books, I think. I feel like I'm coming out of a long year of, I say a long year, a long seven years of study. So now I can read other things and... um it's like this wealth of books and authors and people are out there that I haven't mm-hmm. explored and I want to explore them all at the same time. Um, but that's hard. Uh, yeah, so she wrote Traditional Wicca Seeker's Guide and she also has a Patheos blog as well. That's where I know that name from. So the whole takeaway from this show is if you have a <laughs> chance to go to one of the pagan festivals, oh, yeah. go because you just don't know what you're going to find or learn or experience or right. realize about yourself. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes those little seeds of magic that really speak to your soul catch you at sort of the most really weird surprising times. moments, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. that's that's true. I'm sorry. I'm a little low energy no, tonight. You're fine. Surprising is is a better word than weird. I don't know why everything's weird to me right now. But <laughs> W-Y-R-D. W- That's one yeah, of my favorite weird. words. What kind of weird are you talking about? Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. It helps get our podcast in front of more listeners just like you. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail at 769 769- Two three zero zero three zero five, or find us on facebook.com forward slash crossroads and cauldrons podcast you can find our instagram account at crossroads and cauldrons podcast and search for crossroads and cauldrons podcast on your favorite podcast provider to subscribe and to get our latest episodes as soon as they drop thanks for listening and blessed be bye y'all